Lecture topic. Recognizing and giving preference to haq over falsehood. As-salamu ala ibadihi al-lazina s-tafa. Amma ba'du fa'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Ya ayyuhal-lazina amanu in tattaku allaha yaj'al lakum furqanahu wa yukaffir ankum sayyatikum. وَيُكَفِّرُ عَنكُمْ سَيِّئَاتِكُمْ وَيَغْفِرُ لَكُمْ وَاللَّهُ ذُو الْفَضْلِ الْعَظِيمِ وَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ اللَّهُمَّ أَرِنَا الْحَقَّ حَقًّا وَارْزُقْنَا اتِّبَاعَهُ وَأَرِنَا الْبَاطِلَ بَاطِلًا وَارْزُقْنَا اجْتِنَابَهُ أَوْ كَمَا قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ Most respected on my Quran, brothers and elders. This dunya is a place of many opposites. We are currently in the night and then in the morning it will be day. There's light, there's darkness also. There is good, then there's also the opposite of it, there's a lot of evil as well. There's Iman, then there unfortunately are those who are on Kufr. There is the Tawheed and the Oneness of Allah Ta'ala. But then many people unfortunately are deep in Shirk and ascribing partners to Allah Ta'ala. So this world there's all these things at the same time, existing at the same time. And in this broad definition is what we will just stick to is what has been termed in the Quran Sharif, in the Ahadith, that on the one side is Haq, the other side is Batil. And the understanding and recognizing of what is Haq and recognizing the batil, which is among the most fundamental aspects in a person's life. Olamai mentioned that the most, or the greatest thing on which depends a person's position in the sight of Allah Ta'ala. In this dunya and in the akhirat, what is his position in the sight of Allah Ta'ala depends on these two things. The one aspect is being able to recognize the haq from the batil, the truth from the falsehood. He can differentiate what is right and what is wrong. Because that's the starting point. The person doesn't have that differentiation between what is right and wrong, then there's no starting point, he's lost completely. He's going to be in complete deviation. He can't even recognize what is good from bad. So what is he going to choose? He will choose anything and everything that his wombs and fancies desire, what he finds easy, what he feels some kind of enjoyment for his nafs, what he can just amuse himself with for the moment. That is what he'll choose. That is what his nafs is inclined to. And every kind of wrong, vice, every harmful thing, he'll just go headlong into it. And then worse than that, one is in terms of vices and sins. Person can't differentiate between good and bad, between haq and batil, between truth and falsehood. In any ideology, anything that somebody has presented in a little bit of a very catchy manner, in some catchy slogans, somebody has said something in a very, very eloquent way, somebody has the gift of the gab, and he has said some things which now sound very nice. So now the person can't make any differentiation between what's truth and falsehood just because it sounds attractive, it sounds very captivating. He starts taking in sometimes the worst ideologies, the most corrupted things, things that directly attack his Iman and destroy his Iman. So the most fundamental thing 
is to recognize the truth from the falsehood, recognize haq from batil. But then the second part of it is, and then to be able to give preference to the haq over the batil. To give preference to the truth over the falsehood. And truth and falsehood, this applies across the board. It is in terms of, obviously, the most fundamental aspect in terms of aqidah and belief, in terms of a person's iman, Allah forbid, that he doesn't start taking things which are kufr into his heart, because any one aspect of kufr will nullify his iman. He doesn't start believing in things that are totally against deen. So that is the most fundamental level, aspect of imaniyat and aqaid. But then it goes across the board, there's haq and batil in every aspect of life. Whether it is in the matter of what a person speaks, what he does, what his character is all about, what kind of dressing he adopts, how he conducts his day-to-day life, how he conducts his business, what is his social interaction all about. Every aspect of life, there is haq and there is also batil. And this is the most fundamental thing to recognize the haq from the batil. And then to be able to give preference to the haq over the batil, this is the means of a person's salvation in dunya and akhirat. This is what's going to bring him worth and higher positions in the court of Allah Ta'ala, in the sight of Allah Ta'ala in dunya already. And obviously in the akhirat everything is dependent on this. So this is the very very crucial aspect in life which we have to be very conscious about. In the du'as of Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and these are du'as that teach us so much. These du'as are ta'aleem, these du'as are hidayat, these du'as give direction in life. It's du'a and we are being taught to make these du'as, but when we make them consciously, we make them truly from the depth of the heart, we realize what we are asking and we are asking what Nabi Sallallahu has taught us, then this will give us direction for life. This will give us the priorities, what we are supposed to focus on in life. So among the many du'as of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, one du'a was directly in this regard. Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqa. Ya Allah, show us the truth as truth. Enable us to see the haqq as haqq. Sometimes that haqq is glaring. But that glaring haqq, person can't understand it. The Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala, in many places, mentioned the very baseless objections of the mushrikeen. They couldn't understand certain things. In Surah Qaf, for example, Allah Ta'ala mentions about them. She said, we're going to die and then we're going to be resurrected. How can this ever be? So Allah Ta'ala then denounce this baseless story of them that it can never happen that a person can be resurrected Allah Ta'ala then in the ayat of the Quran Sharif Allah reveals Allah created us Allah Ta'ala created insan from nothing that being who created this insan from nothing when he created him the first time round what's difficult for Allah to resurrect him and bring him about the second time that Allah who gave him existence from non-existence so what is difficult for that Allah to bring him back to life after death? So now, despite all these objections being so clearly just denounced and the truth being so clearly explained to them, they couldn't see the truth as truth. The haq is there for them, but they can't understand it. So now this is something that becomes a, a veil on the eyes of a person, a curtain on his heart, on the eyes of his heart. As a result of either his ulterior motives, his following of his desires, the deception of shaitan and nafs, whatever it might be that becomes a barrier on his heart, and now the truth is glaring in front of him but he can't see it. 
The truth is glaring in front of him, somebody explain to him what his problem is, what his fault is, where he went wrong, what is his mistake. But he either can never see it, he's just too blind to it, and sometimes he can then see it, but he's not prepared to accept it. So this is the aspect that one is to, the haq is there, it's glaring, but to be able to recognize it also. So Nabi Karim is teaching us this dua, Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqa. Ya Allah, show us the haq and the truth as the truth. And not just that we understood it, recognized it, and that's where it finishes off. But warzukna tiba'a. Ya Allah, enable us to then follow the truth. Recognizing the truth and then going in a different direction, what's going to be the benefit of that? That is a greater problem. Wal-Qur'anu hujjatun laka aw alayk. Person has the knowledge of something, that this is the correct thing, he's understood it, and then he went in the wrong direction, that is a double problem, double sin. That is going to be an extra testimony against him. That he knew the right thing and still did the wrong. So the first part of this dua, Ya Allah, show us the truth as truth. And enable us to follow it. And then, وَأَرِنَ الْبَاطِلَ بَاطِلَ وَرْزُقْنَ اجْتِنَابَ what is falsehood, what is evil, what is wrong, what is against the commands of Allah Ta'ala, what is displeasing to Allah Ta'ala. Allah, you show us it as the batil. Enable us to realize this is batil. Because something is either that it is pleasing to Allah Ta'ala, or it is on the other side, it is displeasing to Allah Ta'ala. It is not that the same thing will be pleasing and displeasing to Allah Ta'ala at the same time. It is not going to happen. Either it's good, it's something right, it's something permissible, it's something that's going to bring a person closer to Allah Ta'ala. So that's on the side of Haq. And otherwise it's going to be displeasing to Allah Ta'ala. Can't be neither, I, not in this place or that place. So Ya Allah, what is displeasing to you? What is batil? What is falsehood? What is evil? What is immoral? What is shameless? Ya Allah, enable us to see that reality. Otherwise, if a person's heart is veiled from the reality, then the shameless things in front of him too, he say, but what's wrong? The shameless way of dressing too, he say, but what's wrong with this? Shameless kind of social functions and whatever else, see, but everybody's doing it. This is the norm now, this is the trend. So now that batil is glaring in front, but he can't see the batil in it. Oh, sometimes he can realize it's batil, but he's overcome by all his desires and whatever else, and as a result he's not prepared to refrain from it. So therefore, warzuknach tinaba, Allah enable us to recognize the batil as batil, and enable us to then refrain from it. Help us to refrain from it. Now, this is the most important thing in a mu'min's life, all the time to be checking and double-checking, that what I want to say is on the side of haq or batil. What I want to do is on the side of haq or batil. What I'm thinking, which side is this on? Because Allah Ta'ala is all-knowing. And then to build up that zeal, to know the haq, to find the haq, to follow the haq, and to refrain from everything that is on the side of batil. Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala the zeal that was in him that he is making dua he makes dua for Rahimallahu man ahda ilayya uyubi Rahimallahu man ahda ilayya uyubi May Allah have mercy on that person he is making dua for the person that person who comes and tells me my faults man ahda and the word he uses ahda the word from hadiyya Hadiyah means a gift. This is of that same root. The person who comes and gifts me the knowledge of what is my problem. That is a gift. I will appreciate that. I will be very grateful for it. That person will truly be somebody that's doing me a favor. That person will be my muhsin and my benefactor. That he has really helped me. He's come and shown me my faults. Rahimallahu man ahda ilayya uyubi. The very great personality Umar bin Abdul Aziz rahimahullah was known as the fifth of the Khulafai Rashidin. And there was such level of justice in his time 
And it is said that the wolf and the sheep would drink water at the same place. That that justice that he ruled would, it had such an impact that even it affected the animals. Whereas the nature of that wolf is it sees some sheep and goat or whatever it's going to attack. But in his time this was a karamat of his. Allah Ta'ala made this such that even it was noticed that the wolf and the sheep would drink at the same well, the same watering place. So now the person was such and his caliber was such but together with that these are the things that were behind the scenes. He once said to his very close attendant Muzahim and he said to him, you see people, kings, leaders, they appoint spies to spy on people, spy on the general public. They have spies appointed and they even pay them to go and do the job that you go and spy on the people and whatever you see in the terms of any kind of danger for me or whatever people are saying or doing you must bring back that so all the faults of people you must go and find and you must come and report it he says this is a common story leaders, kings, this is what they do they appoint spies over the public he says I'm appointing you as a spy over me I want you to spy over me and anytime you see anything that creates any doubt in you about what I did or said something I said and you are in some doubt that this is perhaps not the right thing to say maybe not the right way to say it or any action of mine that you feel this was not in order that you must come and advise me about it and you must come and refrain me from that action from that word that this is not something to be said this is not something to be done I am appointing you now who is speaking the Amir al-Mu'mineen of the time he is the leader of the time he has all these people under his command and he is looked up with such respect and honor and person of that caliber he is talking to his attendant and saying you are my spy over me and if you see something that is not in order or you see something that I shouldn't have said or done then you come and inform me and you must come and advise me and you must come and refrain me from that mistake that I made now this is how people progressed in deen how they made their islah how they rectified themselves one is to wish that now things will just come right oh well we heard one talk somewhere we read some kitab we heard some advice someplace about certain things that are not in order certain kinds of behavior is not right certain kinds of akhlaq is not in order and whatever else and then well inshallah we'll do something about it or inshallah hopefully it'll come right but these things don't come right just like that the purpose of that nasihat the purpose of that book which advises in that regard is to stir the fikr it is to stir the concern that I need to correct my life I need to sort out whatever is in my life I need to bring myself fully onto haq I need to remove the batil batil whether it's pertaining to the way I speak what kind of talk that comes out of my tongue what kind of flowery language I sometimes just use what kind of ghibat I make or whether it is pertaining to my actions how I behave how I talk to people how I respect others how I conduct myself in terms of my business dealings my other aspects of life whether it is what's in my heart what's lurking in there what kind of heart do I have do I have that heart which is supposed to be in the, the heart of every mu'min the heart which is full of nasiha and well-wishing wishing good for every person or is my heart harboring malice harboring jealousy harboring all kinds of other evil what am I occupying my heart in? the heart heart is supposed to be the house of Allah Ta'ala engaged in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala is my heart involved and engaged in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala or is my heart cooking up all kinds of filth and evil what is my eyes up to? Am I looking at that which is pleasing to Allah Ta'ala? Am I looking at that which is earning the wrath of Allah Ta'ala? Which is displeasing Allah Ta'ala? Now, all these things, it doesn't just happen by just a person now. The, the purpose of that nasihat is to create that fikr that I need to now worry about this. And I need, if it's on the wrong side of things, I need to sort it out. If it's on the right side, I need to even progress in that. I need to make more efforts to consolidate it, to progress in it. 
Now that happens by undertaking a process. So now in many things, that process, people see what we do, they hear what we say, they see how we behave, they see all the drama sometimes that we make, but many times nobody has any courage to say anything because that will just create a bigger drama. Already if there's one drama, it'll be two. So now nobody will say anything and people will still pat us on the back. People still say, no, don't worry, everything is fine. Why? Because day they say something is not fine. If day they say something is not fine, then they don't know whether they'll finish off fine or not. Because what we might end up saying to them, how we might behave in that manner. So now as a result, nobody tells us anything. Everybody pats us on the back. Everybody says good things to us. But at the same time, they are wondering, what is this person's manner? How does he conduct himself? Look at his way, his etiquette, what kind of other and respect he has. So now a person in the caliber of Umar bin Abdul Aziz, rahimahullah, he's concerned about this. Despite being on that level, he's concerned. And he's saying to somebody, please, you are my spy. And he didn't stop on telling one person this. Another person, one day he told him, who was close to him, he said to him that you ever see me straying, anytime you see me straying anyway, in anything you see me straying, then you must come grab me by my collar and come shake me and tell me, hey Omar, what are you doing? And tell me, stop. Now he's Amirul Mu'mineen, he's a person of that caliber that he has been titled the fifth of the Khulafai Rashidin. But this is his concern and his zeal for the truth and his concern to be completely away from anything that is wrong. That he's insan also, he understands he's also insan. And insan is insan. The Ambiyali Musalatu Salam were masum and sinless. The rest of insan, we all make mistakes. Kullu bani adam khattaun. Every person errs. But wa khayrul khattaeen at tawwabun. The best of people among those are those who make tawbah. They return to Allah Ta'ala. So now he is concerned that I am also insan. I make mistakes. I can make a mistake. But now, because of my position, I'm now the leader, I'm the Abir al-Mu'mineen. It must not happen that those mistakes, those wrongs, something I did, it goes just by. Nobody has the courage to tell me anything. Nobody corrects me. And I then perpetuate that. I just continue doing that same thing. Now, because of that, because of his position, people may not say something. So he is saying it in such a dramatic way. We might say to somebody that, please, if you see something in me, I would be very grateful you correct me. He's saying it in a very dramatic way. Why? That person must have no hesitation to say it nicely. Obviously that person would never come and grab him by his collar and do what he said. But he'll give him the himmat to come and say it at least. He'll give him the courage to come and point it out in a respectful manner. So he says to him, you come and grab my collar and then you shake me. And you shake me and say, oh Umar, what are you doing? Subhanallah, this was the extent of concern that I must correct myself, I must improve, I must not just continue doing whatever I'm doing, how I'm speaking, how I'm conducting myself, how I live my life, whatever it is, what's my interaction with my people around me. So now this is the most crucial thing, recognizing the haq and then following it. Understanding what's batil, staying away from it. And this is the most fundamental thing that comes in between, meaning when this is not fulfilled, not upheld, that this creates problems, whether it's problems sometimes between spouses, problems between parents and children sometimes, problems in families, problems in communities, problems in the business space, problems in so many situations, many times those problems are simply because either everybody or some haven't recognized the haq, or have recognized it but don't follow it, or haven't understood what's batil, or understood it but don't want to refrain from it. As a result, what not happens then? Whereas, if a person has understood that something is wrong, if he himself hasn't, doesn't have that knowledge to understand it himself, then he has referred to somebody with the knowledge and they have explained it to him. This is wrong. It might be anything. It might be something to do with an inheritance matter, for example. Now, he thought this was his entitlement. Now, as a result, is fighting tooth and nail for it. Now somebody brings it to his attention, but this is not your entitlement, 
the law of Sharia requires that this is how this estate must be distributed. So this is not your entitlement. You are not entitled to this. So now he has been told about it. He doesn't have that knowledge of deen and Sharia in that depth. So he has to rely on somebody with that knowledge and accept it. Now this is his duty and his responsibility. And when he has recognized something as wrong, then to accept that I am wrong, to accept his mistake, this doesn't decrease his position in any way. This doesn't make him small in any way. This elevates his position. This never makes a person small. And great personalities, they didn't have any hesitation in retracting something. If they made a mistake somewhere, somebody pointed it out to them, no matter who it was that pointed it out, but without hesitation they were ready to retract. Imam Bukhari he was still only 10 years old when he had already completed all the fundamental, acquiring the fundamental knowledge of Deen. And then already just at that age he started acquiring the knowledge of Hadith. So now he was still only 11 years old and he came into the gathering of Imam Dakhili rahimahullah, who was a very great muhaddis of the time, very great scholar. So now Imam Dakhili rahimahullah was conducting a lesson and he was narrating some hadith and in narrating that hadith he made a mistake in one narrator's name the name somehow he mixed it up or he omitted one name in the chain of narration so now when he made that mistake he happens anybody he's narrating from memory and he happened to just make a mistake in that chain of narration so Imam Bukhari rahimahullah is sitting there as an 11 year old child but he had already now learned these ahadith. So he immediately pointed it out in a nice way that this narrator's name is in this manner, or this is the narrator that is missing in this place. So now seeing a small child there, Imam Dakhili Rahimullah repeated the same thing as he said it. Because at that moment that's how he remembered it. But it was a mistake. Imam Bukhari Rahimullah very respectfully again said, it would be better to just refer to the original, meaning where you wrote it down, your book. So now this great Imam of the time, Imam Dakhili Rahimahullah, he wakes up and goes into his house, goes and looks at it, and he sees what Imam Bukhari, that 11 year old child at that time, what he said was correct. And he comes back in the gathering. And now in the midst of the gathering, everybody is present. And now he says to him again, he says, Yes, oh young boy, how was it? What was it? So Imam Bukhari Rahimullah repeats the correct version. He says, this is how it is, oh young boy. Yes, what you said is right. Now, in other words, he felt no hesitation in the midst of all that gathering. His students, that I made a mistake. This 11-year-old child corrected me. What this child said was right. What I said was a mistake. He had no hesitation in retracting that in front of the whole gathering and making it a point of now giving that due to Imam Bukhari Rahimullah, that 11 year old child. That yes, you are the person who has corrected me, you deserve this credit. So now to highlight it, he is not making it just, well, as I said it, I just, I think I missed out this. Actually, this is what it is and just cover it up in some way and just make it sound like, okay, I, maybe I wasn't right, but I wasn't wrong also. That's generally how we will try to make it look like. And if I wasn't right, I wasn't wrong as well. And what I was, Allah knows. Because I wasn't right and I wasn't wrong and I was on some other planet maybe. But no mixing up anything, covering up anything, wholeheartedly ready to accept my mistake. What I said, it was a mistake. Now, what did this decrease in the position and status of Imam Dakhili Rahimahullah? Nothing. Rather, it elevated his position. That everybody became even more confident on this personality. This personality will never take chances. Even if it's a small child that will correct him, he'll accept the correction. So he is very meticulous. He will double check, he will be sure what he's saying. And if a person is going to cut corners and say something, see this person, something is shaky about him. Now that correction that he accepted came from something within. It came from the zeal to understand what is truth.
and to accept it. And if something is wrong, to be ready to understand that wrong and to refrain from it, to retract from that wrong, not to remain obstinate and remain persistent on that. That is not the way that we have been taught in deen. And this is the message of this dua. Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqa whoever it might be that has corrected us and to be grateful for it, sincerely grateful this is tawazu in reality Fuzail bin Iyaz he was asked what is the reality of tawazu what is the reality of humility what does it really mean for a person to be humble so he explained humility that he'll accept the truth wherever it comes from he'll accept the truth and he will submit to it wherever it comes from He'll just be sure that it is the correct thing, no matter who brought it to his attention. He will accept it. Yes, if he is in doubt about whether this is the correct version, he'll check, double check. But once he's convinced that this is the truth, he has no doubt about this being the correct thing, then he's going to accept it. He will have no reservations whether it came from his wife, came from his child, came from some neighbor's child, came from anywhere. He will be ready to accept it. So this this is the message of this dua and this is the message of this dua that a person should accept what, whatever is the truth now the issue is what's going to build that capacity in him where he's going to find that courage and that strength what's going to drive him towards accepting the truth wherever he sees it and when he sees the evil he's going to take cognizance of that he's going to stop he's going to recognize it he's going to stop or somebody brought it to his attention he's going to accept it at least for a start, he's going to say, this is my mistake, it's wrong. What I've done is not correct. What I'm involved in is not correct. And it's my weakness. And I, I need to correct it. I need to change it. not going to make any ifs and buts in the law of Allah Ta'ala. So, this will come to the extent that a person has built taqwa in his life. The consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. In tattaqullah yaj'allakum furqana. The Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says, if you adopt taqwa in reality, yaj'allakum furqana. Allah will grant you furqan. Furqan, the ability to distinguish between haq and batil. The ability to be able to differentiate between truth and falsehood. And then together with that will come the tawfiq of it too. Because taqwa will now drive a person towards adopting the haq and staying away from the batil. Then he will not make excuses for himself. He will not try to just wiggle out of what is the correct thing and try to still continue with the wrong despite having recognized what it is despite being convinced now that this is the correct this is wrong what I am doing something else is correct the other aspect in this is to the extent of ikhlas because ikhlas when there is genuine ikhlas in the heart now a person's only purpose is to please Allah there is no other objective the only purpose is Allah must become pleased so now if everybody thinks I'm a fool because I accepted that this what I did was wrong and everybody thinks now that look at this fellow what he was up to and now finally he's admitting that he was wrong so if I'm laughed at and mocked at but if my retracting my wrong and my making toba from some sin my coming back to Allah Ta'ala is going to please Allah Ta'ala that is what my objective is that is what my purpose is that my Allah must become pleased with me so ikhlas Ikhlas will make a person completely oblivious to all the other side issues. Who is going to have some comments to make? Who is going to be perhaps sometimes upset a little bit too? And who is going to be not happy? Who is going to be laughing at us? Who might mock us? Who might do something? His concern is, will this be a means of earning the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala? Yes, he will not go about things in a way that now going to be just deliberately causing problems and he will do things in a correct manner he will do things in a way that's appropriate he will advise with hikmah and wisdom but he would not be affected by what might go around in terms of somebody's comments somebody mocking at him and laughing at him somebody getting upset at him as well provided that what he is doing is right or he is refraining and retracting from the wrong he will be ready for it if there is ikhlas to the extent of the ikhlas because the ikhlas that drives a person towards what's going to please Allah Ta'ala and Allah must become pleased 
You are not going to become pleased with me retracting this. I am ready for it. Allah is pleased with me accepting this to be the correct thing because this is correct. I am ready for that. So this is the lesson of this dua that we should be now come very concerned about always, especially in the times that we are living in and the kind of things that just come flying around, all kinds of things just going around, social media and whatnot. And therefore this is another very important aspect that we should be avoiding completely things that we don't have any idea where is the source of this, where it's coming from. Because <coughs> not everybody's ability to discern what is right from wrong sometimes. That wrong is presented in such a <coughs> deceptive way, person can't make out what's going on. And as a result, he gets caught up in that. So the thing is, a person doesn't have any idea who's the source, just leave it out. And better than that is, just stick to one direction. <coughs> Who he has the confidence in, where he has the confidence, he has that confidence that this is a person of taqwa, person of following the sunnah of Nabi Karim sallam, person who generally the pious and the learned people of the time, they have confidence in him. But here somebody of that nature that he is now sticking to, just stick to that. And that is the safest thing to do. A person has a family doctor, he doesn't go all over the place. So somebody else tells him, no, but I am going here, very good, mashallah, that's good for you. But we all go here, this is our family doctor. So now nobody has any objection on that, that that's the family doctor. You see, but are you don't have any respect for the other doctors around. You know, everybody is in a place, but this is a family doctor. Now that's who we refer to. That is the safest thing for a person in his deen, that the person who he has that confidence in his deen, in his knowledge, in his taqwa, in his ittiba of sunnah, in his deen, steadfast on the commands of Allah Ta'ala, that is, his, that is what is required of us. Deen is very simple for us. Allah Ta'ala has made it very, very simple. There is no complication for us. The very simple part we have been given, فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Ask the people of knowledge if you do not know. So now he has one person of knowledge that he has chosen, that he has now referred to. So now he takes his guidance and carries on. And that is what he is going to be questioned about on the day of Qiyamah. That did you take the direction and guidance as per the command in the Quran Sharif to you? That you were commanded فَاسْأَلُوا أَهَلَ الذِّكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ And we are all in that category of لَا تَعْلَمُونَ None of us are completely above the need to refer to somebody. Every one of us are لَا تَعْلَمُونَ In some degree or the other. So every one of us is in need to take the direction from somewhere. Now that is the command of the Quran Sharif directed to us. So now we have decided where we are taking our direction from having recognized that this is somebody we can rely on, not just blindly just going anywhere and everywhere, then that's what we are responsible for and that is what we will be asked about on the day of Qiyamah. And if we've done that, we are absolved. If we've done what we are required to do, we've made a choice based on correct understanding and as for the criteria that we mentioned, and on the day of Qiyamah that is what we are going to be asked about and we will thereafter be absolved. So this is so simple for us, we have no confusion. The confusion is if we decide to make ourselves confused. But if we adopt the straight and clear path, then there is no confusion. So that is what we have to do. And that is then recognizing what is what, that becomes a very simple matter for us. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give us a tawfiq, Allah Ta'ala enable us to remain on sirat al mustaqim Allah Ta'ala keep us steadfast on Iman, take us on Iman. And raise us on the day of Qiyamah to perfect Iman. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ We'll make zikr for a few minutes and then go out.
enable us to see the batil Allah and realize what is the batil Allah and Allah you save us from it Allah give us a topic of refraining from it Allah billahul alamin Allah and all those who asked us to make dua for them all who have raised their hands to this dua billahul alamin you are the know each one's heart Allah fulfill each one's desires needs Allah fulfill each one's highest aspirations Allah grant each one the best of dunya and akhirat Allah and all those who asked us to make dua for them Allah bless them with every khair and barakat and afiyat Allah remove all their difficulties and hardships Allah ilahul alamin Allah grant us istiqamat and deen Allah grant us istiqamat and iman Allah Allah take us on perfect iman Allah raise us on the day of qiyamah with perfect iman Allah make our covers gardens of jannah for us Allah grant us the shafaat of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allah give us jannah to fulfill those without any reckoning Allah ilahul alamin Allah all that we have asked for Allah for your grace and mercy bless us with it Allah Allah what we should have been asking for Allah without asking grant us that is what Allah اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله